The fact that you built it with your own money and your own time and that own drive, that's where I knew something was special. It's impossible to build, too expensive to build, no one's gonna fund it. Once you build it, it becomes too expensive to maintain all that stuff. So it was a lot of challenge. Holding the customer center and understanding what they like, what they don't like, uh, their preferences, experiences, was key. Came to the realization that that philosophy was actually a reality in Milagro. And that's when I said, okay, I'm in, I'm in. Welcome to another episode of Tech Byte, where we always try to bring a fresh perspective to solve your common challenges. Thin margins, high food costs, labor challenges, technology as a whole, and everything in between. Today is no exception. We brought in some well-known leaders from the restaurant industry around the same table to have a conversation in order to address some of these common challenges. Since we're here in Texas and we were able to record this at the Cowboys headquarters, we decided why not? We called it the Cowboys series. There will be three episodes coming up. We believe that the content will be valuable and we hope that you can take it back, implement it in your own restaurant, elevate your customer experience, and therefore increase your profitability within your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the content. All right, today uh, is a very special day. Uh, we've had the opportunity to do many of these podcast series, but today is very unique opportunity. Uh, we're in person again uh, with some of our, uh, with almost all of our board members. Unfortunately, one of us, uh, Pankaj, uh, could not join us today, but I'm privileged to be among these uh, incredible, talented individuals. And uh, without further ado, we'll start the introduction. So we'll start with uh, Kendall first. Uh, he's been on, uh, on the podcast many times. Uh, his last role was the uh, former president of Cenobon. He was uh, responsible for a $2.2 billion P&L statement with 2,200 locations across the globe. Uh, welcome back, Kendall. Thanks for being Appreciate here. Appreciate having me. Absolutely. Next, we've got Mo Askari. He's never been on our podcast before. Today is his first time. He's uh, flown from Vancouver all the way down here to Dallas. Another and country. Absolutely. So he actually <laughs> traveled. Yeah. International player. <laughs> traveled from another country to be here. Uh, we're delighted. He's been uh, part of our board for uh, quite some time. Uh, always brings an incredible perspective. Uh, his last uh, position was the former president of uh, Monkey Media Software. So he spent about 15 years there. Uh, if you're talking about catering, you can't ignore Mo. So welcome, Mo. Thank My you pleasure. for coming. Happy to be here. Amazing. And our last addition to our board member is uh, Mr. Wade Allen. So he and I have been talking for quite some time. Uh, it just it finally came together and Wade has done some incredible stuff. Uh, if you have followed him, you'll, you've, you've seen his success, especially in his last position with Brinker. So he was this SVP of uh, innovation at Brinker. He's held a series of roles, spent a decade there, built everything up. 
and now he's an executive uh, vice president at Costa Vida. Uh, welcome, Wade. Thanks, man. Great to be uh, yeah. here. Thank you for joining. Well, thank you for being here, being among us, and we're excited to have you as a board member. Oh, so I uh, can't wait until we discover the future together and, and push the boundaries to, uh, to our future vision to deliver on that goal. So, all right. So let's kind of get into it, guys. We want to, I think the first question that um, I think everybody's going to be asking is why. So Kendall, you've been around for a long time. You, you joined the board when this thing was just a mirage. Right. It was just a vision. There was no, nothing built, nothing in place. Why did, why did you decide to do this? Why did you decide to join? Uh, what made you believe in that, in that outcome? It goes back to the first time you invited me out to catch up, right? And you, know, you were going over this idea of this personalized marketing approach to consumers, mm -hmm. which you know, in 2019, when we had this conversation, that wasn't really a thing. It was an idea. Mm -hmm. It was something that people were trying to figure out and wish they could do, me being one of them, but it wasn't something tangible just yet, right? And I thought you were definitely crazy at first because yep. it, was, it was new, right? And, and nobody was doing it. But when you started to talk about it more, that was one thing. But the second time we connected is when you actually brought a platform. You brought something tangible and I could see it and feel it and touch it for the first time. And then that's when the light bulbs went off for me. And I was like, wait a minute, regardless of where this company is today, it's gonna become the next thing of the restaurant industry. It's just a matter of time. And after that, we started talking about, well, how could you actually implement this? And at the time, the brand I was leading, there was absolutely no way I could afford another expense. It just could not do it. And so we started talking about what else could this become, right? How do you take this personalized approach uh, to consumers and give the restaurant operator that kind of power and insight? What connects all those dots? Oh, great. More integrations, more and more vendors. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to have to stack more and more vendors on top of each other. It's hard enough to manage all the ones we have today. But when we had that dialogue, I remember the first thought was, well, what about POS? Like that would be a nice little just gateway to get you know, the data in there. Um, we started talking about things like e-learning. We started talking about uh, task management, project management, a lot of other factors. And you know, the next time we met, you built all that out, right? And that's when I was, that's where I was mind blown. That's where I was, I was bought in because I knew that the capabilities and talent was here. And what you just built sometimes takes years, <laughs> if not if many more, you know, it could take decades for some brands to build out these ideas. But the fact that you built it with your own money and your own time and that own drive, that's where I knew something was special. And, and the question became, how does this actually scale and what does it take to make it mainstream for all people can benefit from it? Because coming from my past, a lot of the brands I interacted with were putting up millions of dollars to build something just as similar, but the, the caveat is it's restricted to their own consumers. That's all they have access to is whatever brand or brands they interact with. They're building all this for that brand, but you're building it for an industry. Correct. That yeah. anybody could plug into. And so it's the next level thinking that you know, anybody would get excited about, right? So I, I saw that vision come to life and I saw the, the capabilities. And then, then it's, it's been more about how do we actually bring this to life? What, what, is, what is it going to take? Who has to get involved? And what is the cost going to be? Is it something that's sustainable or not? And now we've seen a lot more companies are trying to do something similar or they've done bits and pieces of this. But as you know, many of these people who come up with the next idea, they do just that one idea. Correct. And, and that's where it gets very dangerous because now it has to be one, very expensive to the operator because I just sell you one thing. So I have to cover enough, you know, cost from you to actually afford it. But 
in this case, you're building all these different factors that can fit anybody at whatever stage they are in the restaurant industry, whether they have one unit, a hundred units, like there, there's a balance in between there. But I saw that as, wow, I could actually, you know, get involved with this as a restaurant operator and I can grow with you or you can grow with me, vice versa. Right. But sure. whatever I'm ready for, you could have that capability. Right. There, you know, there, there are like what, 10 to 15 certain platforms and services that we all use today in restaurants. And since you have all that in one, it's up to that operator. What do they need, right? Um, and you're giving that operator, no matter how many locations they have, the upper hand that costs millions of dollars to sometime you know, get this type of access. You can give it to them for a very fair price that is basically what they're paying today for one service, right, Correct. in some cases. So I just, I know it's something special and it just needed the right attention and the right team and the right just strategy and overall vision to make this become a reality. And now here we are, right? It's coming to life more and more every single day. And it's something that's more tangible, right? Um, so I, just for me, it was the fact that the dream of being a restaurant operator and what I could have access to, to manage, market, and grow my business was built right before my eyes, right? And, and over a couple conversations, right? And of course, your background and your team and your already vision for this that you had, you just, you didn't even think twice. You just went after building it and that you cannot hire for, you cannot invest in, you can't go buy that. That takes a certain individual and certain team that has that drive and passion to help restaurant operators to create that dream. Um, and so for me, that's, that's just where it all started. Amazing, yeah. And actually, I'll I'll share this story. So uh, you've seen his side. I'll I'll explain mine at the end once we kind of go through everybody. But yeah, it took oh, it took a better part of a decade to to get to that stage. But you're right. I, I remember sitting down here in Legacy East Side, and we were just going over it. It's like, hey, we should do this, and then just turn around, build it, revisit. Okay, this is done. What what do we do next? Where do we focus? And yeah, just I think ultimately. Everybody doubted it initially. Everybody said impossible to build, too expensive to build. No one's going to fund it. Once you build it, it becomes too expensive to maintain all that stuff. So it was a lot of challenge and, and it, it took quite some time. But now here we are and it's just, it's, it's surreal to have access to a platform like that. So hopefully the industry will be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, because people want to be talked to in a certain way, right? They want to they hear about things that are relevant to them. Why do I visit this restaurant? It's for certain reasons. I want you to tell me more about those reasons, right? And instead of, you know, we talk about this all the time, but instead of marketing to the masses, you can now directly impact my attention, right? Which is very valuable these days because you're talking to me about something that matters, Correct. right? If I, if I enjoy a certain type of entree, a certain type of drink from your establishment, I want to hear more about things that are that exact thing or similar to. Um, and just the, the old, the old approach to the, you know, managing and marketing a business is just different. We, we can't all keep doing the same thing to the same consumers. Right, There's gotta be right. different ways to, to impact that experience and to gather and to capture that attention that is, you know, very costly these days. Absolutely. And after all, we're all in hospitality, right? That's all that matters. It's the experience is how do you drive that experience? How do you personalize it for that one individual? So they feel like a VIP every time they walk into your establishment. And that experience is what drives, it drives the, the byproduct of that experience is the success, is the financial gains and all that other jazz. And, and you've built a product that has been built from input with people who care and are involved in this industry. Correct. So it's not just this random idea. It actually is solving a, a need and a problem that everybody faces today. And as more time passes, the more expensive and the more important this type of you know, marketing and managing a restaurant business becomes you know, critical. Like You have to have this in order to compete with what's happening in the industry today and in other industries, period, who have already you know, surpassed us when it comes to right. technology interactions. 
Yeah, it's actually funny because a lot of restaurants don't do, they're very passive. Open the door, wait for customers to come in. Acquisition is there. They spend a ton of money on customer acquisition, but literally zero on customer retention. And I was, we did a couple of case studies that we just put out recently and 70% of those customers are not coming back. They're only visiting one time. So yes, you're spending a ton of money on acquisition, but you're doing nothing to retain them and you're doing nothing to bring them back in. Yeah. It just, it's unsustainable business model, which then I believe is the leading cause of thin margins, high food costs, labor issues, and the list just keeps going on and on. But yeah, I think focusing on that retention is critical and it's about time for somebody to step up and say, you know what, we got to solve this equation. Because so many people, especially post in the middle of the pandemic, but post-pandemic, realize I have no way to reach my guests. Right. I can't interact with them. I can't share anything that's valuable to them. And in some cases, brands that even have emails lists or loyalty programs. There are all these different factors that were more you know, mainstream then. But you have to have, and this was important prior to the pandemic, and it was more the big idea, more of a aspiration. Now it is a need plus future aspirations, right? It's like now you have to have this component, otherwise you're going to lose a ton of market share, and, and I would say you're, you're going to lose that relevancy that you may have had prior. Agreed, 100%. All right, perfect. Amazing feedback from you. So thank you for being part Absolutely. of this journey so far uh, and many years to come. Indeed. Uh, Mo, uh, you've, uh, you hold a special place as well. So I uh, first met you at FSTEC 2021 mm -hmm. and um, kind of ran through a demo, pitched the idea, and, and you just you jumped both feet in. Why? Um, that's a very good question. Um, and I'll tell you why, because I saw something there that was, I think, was lacking and missing. And um, I, I spent my whole uh, restaurant career for the 15 years that I've been in the restaurant business focused on the off-premises uh, business channels. Um, so serving customers, serving your customers outside of your four walls where they like to enjoy your services, where they live, work, and play. So, and typically that's an experience that you can't control because it's not within your facility. So I, we knew because of the nature of our business and, and you know, catering for takeout and delivery that um, for you to better serve your guests, the guest needs to be um, what we always say at the center of the plate. So the, the, the customer information that you gather, it kind of changes the relationship from a transactional experience to more of a relationship driven experience. And um, I, in, in that process, I was seeing how the restaurant industry was changing. And of course, the pandemic forced everyone's hand to really uh, focus to understand and your customer, know your customer better. And we had seen it through because that was our focus. It's like they're not eating, they're eating, enjoying our services outside of their four walls. So I always knew that um, holding the customer center and understanding what they like, what they don't like, uh, their preferences, experiences, was key to um, hospitality in general. And the, no, the more you know about your customer, the better you can serve them. So coming back at FS Tech, uh, and this was, I think it was just after the pandemic, it was the first time FS Tech right. um, engaged. I was walking down the hallway, looking at all the different solutions and this guy kind of pulled me and I looked back and it was you. And uh, you said, hey, very nice to meet you. I've been trying to find you please come and have a look at our solution. And 
I think it was literally five, 10 minutes that we spent and you're showing me, you're, I think you're showing me an online order, a transaction, but in doing so, I was looking at some of the features and functionality that you had built and I realized that, and, and whether you knew it or not, I think it was intentional the way you had built it, was that the customer was central That's right. to the experience and, uh, and even in your nomenclature and the way you were talking is serving to the customer's needs through this experience. And that caught my attention because really uh, majority of the stuff that's out there um, is, is sideways it is. I mean, the, the customer information is there, but you had kind of put it central and that kind of got me excited. And, um, and I'm at a point in my uh, career that, you know, any group, young people, solutions that I can help and with my experience, and, and sort of get them excited, get them, you know, go to the next stage. I thought that was very, very interesting. So that was my initial intro. And of course, over the last couple of years, every single conversation and what you're trying to do and the culture that you're trying to develop here uh, and the vision that you're setting, it's all becoming more and more real, which is uh, why it's super exciting to be part of this uh, experience with you guys. So. Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, <laughs> that's actually exactly true. So I did pull you aside and we ran that credit card transaction, looked at the whole thing and, and the rest has been history. So interesting story, actually. Uh, you and I, the second time we connected, we actually solved a, a key component as well. In fact, I was, Wade and I were talking about that this morning that uh, we were talking about, all right, third party delivery. There's no information about that. Nothing to be found about it. And um, you realize that we were putting this QR code at the bottom of the receipt, which had embedded everything about the transaction. You're like, why don't you just put that on the, on the uh, bag that the driver delivers and put an error that says, hey, scan this and get 10, 20, 30, 50 bucks off, right? right. Whatever the amount is, but depending on what that customer is worth to your brand. And then just get that information because that's all you were missing. Name, email, and a phone number. Right. And now you just capture that for 10, 15 bucks or whatever the cost may be and just get that. I think what a lot of restaurant operators, I mean, they're looking at all the different channels that are out there, the, these online channels, third-party channels. Uh, these are really um, uh, customer acquisition channels. They're not, they're integral to your business as integral advertising is to your business to get eyeballs onto your brand, to get people excited to come and try your services. So those are, that's a marketing cost from my perspective in terms of acquiring new customers coming to your brand. Uh, operationally, tactically, strategically, uh, what you do once that customer is interested in your brand, that all has to be around the retention. So getting that customer to come back to you the second, third, fourth time. So anything that you can do, whether it's through a QR code, uh, an in-store transaction or uh, a direct order for you directly, again, should be designed to come and build that, upon that relationship. Um, again, I, I think the key word is always relationship. You're developing a relationship, a trust with your customer to come and engage more with you um, uh, on your services. So anything you can do, and that QR code was a simple example, to scan and learn more about you, come and you know, try another order, but it's forcing it from using your that marketing channel as a as a frequency mechanism to then interacting with you directly uh, through that method. And then there's lots of different ideas, of course, that you can uh, utilize to take advantage of. And that was one example. And it was easy for your solution to implement it, which was very cool to see. Correct. Yeah, that's the advantage of owning the 
solution end to end. You get to modify it to fit the market as you as you find these intricacies. And and I think a lot of people haven't paid attention to those intricacies. And the retention plan, the retention side is, I think that's a huge huge problem. And I'm not sure if the restaurant tours themselves. I don't know if they uh, have dug in to realize, okay, I'm, I'm spending a ton of money, I'm bringing customers in, yet my retention is suffering, etc. And the frequency of visit, we've done a ton of homework around that. It is critical to the survival. Not, it's critical to survive, but it absolutely attributes to the success of that restaurant it could be a differentiator between all right i should close the restaurant down go home because it's not profitable to all right i should open a second location and the revenue that gets generated because of that retention is just unbelievable yeah and really i think from a restaurant operator's perspective that the, the the rules of the game have changed okay that's it's a new world um and and you have to adapt and uh, with the technology that, that's there and the, the data that you're collecting and managing, utilize thoughtfully to, to increase knowledge and to cre- increase these experiences, it's, uh, it, it's super critical. And I don't wanna oversimplify or over-utilize the 80-20 rule, but we always, you know, and we saw it in, in certainly in catering, is that, and again, I'm just using these, it could be variable different, but 20% of your customers are driving 80% of your business. That's right. So the name of the game is, yes, I want to acquire more customers, but is I want to increase that 20% Correct. to get more frequency so that then my, my, my growth is, is happening through that. So understanding that 20%, what they like, what they don't like, understanding the other is, is going to naturally increase uh, uh, your sales, your revenue, and uh, you know, uh, go from there. So I think that's... Uh, that's critical, but traditionally restaurants have been focused on creating a wonderful on-premise experience. It was primarily a transactional. Uh, most of the general managers, that's, they were focused on building those relationships. But imagine if you can empower those general managers, the people that feed in the restaurants on the ground with the appropriate data and through technology Correct. To, to make them more, to make them better at establishing and driving those relationships, I think it's uh, it's going to be amazing. I agree. And actually, a story on that. So, you know, there's a restaurant here locally that we always used to go there. And we never waited in line. We, we skipped. It doesn't matter what time, how busy, none of that mattered. We always got sat at the preferred table that we always wanted to sit. And then the moment we sat, literally within seconds, we'd have a flight of queso, guacamole, and, and some salsa come to the table. Obviously, on the house at no cost, that didn't it wasn't about the cost, it was about the experience, right? And then we, we spent a lot of money. We probably spent two, two and a half times their average customer size, but it goes to show that treating that customer like a VIP and, and giving that superhuman power to that manager makes a huge impact. And by the way, the manager got shifted to another location for about six, seven months, we stopped going there. And rarely, rarely do we go back because that experience was missing. So I think in hospitality, that's the driving factor is how do you, how do you treat every customer like that? And how do you ensure that when the manager leaves or is sick or on vacation and the customer walks in the door, how do you relay that information to the next person so that person can treat Mo the same way? Right. I always say so. give, give, give your customers a reason 
to come back. To spend more money with Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's right. It seems obvious, right? Yeah. It seems obvious, but yeah. yeah. Agreed. So. I, you know, I, um, you know, the, what's happening right now, I mean, we're still scratching the surface in terms of what, what's possible in the restaurant industry. It's what's happened to, to date has been amazing and exciting, but I think we have a long way to go. You know, Europe, the, the Malaga platform is obviously um, is, is going to do its part to, to make that happen. But uh, outside of hospitality, I travel a lot and, I, you know, I stay with a hotel chain um, and it, it doesn't matter. And we've talked about this before. It yeah. doesn't matter where that chain is anywhere in the world. When I walk in through those doors and I give them my name, the experience that I get. It's immediately elevated. It's elevated. And, and that's why it's not because of the points sure. that I get. It's, not a, it's about that special experience yeah. that I get every single time, regardless of where it is in the world, what language they're speaking, I'm going to get treated like a special person because a VIP. That's how they make you feel. That's like, how yeah. they make me yeah. feel. It's the feeling. Exactly. Well, drill. Uh, actually, I want to come yeah. back to this point of one hundred percent because actually we need to come back to this and talk about this loyalty and and I think the evolution and maybe the the appropriate use of loyalty because clearly hotel industry has has done a hell of a job they they treat you like you own the property you walk in and you're like hey this is me and it's like oh wow like immediately right what can i do for you and they'll go above and beyond but i think in the in the restaurant space it hasn't really kicked in yet it's been majority of what i'm seeing is discounting couponing devaluing the brand uh, constantly going after value proposition, not experience, not elevation of that experience for that customer. So we'll definitely come back to that. All right, so Mr. Wade Allen, uh, tell us, uh, you know, you and I have been interacting for quite some time. It's been, it was kind of difficult to uh, to get a hold of you at times. <laughs> that was oh, I wanted me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it absolutely did. Yeah. And special thanks goes to Zach Oates from Ovation. And uh, Zach was the one that actually made the whole thing happen. Uh, got another intro for us. You and I had interacted, etc. But uh, I don't think you know the backstory. But uh, I, w I was at NRA. Zach came. Uh, I hadn't met Zach before. Super, super nice guy. Just unbelievable, right? Came to the booth and said, hey, what do you got going on? And kind of ran him through the demo, etc. And we were talking and he said something about, or I don't know if he said something or I said something about Wade Allen. And then uh, he's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, yeah, like, wait, wait. And he's like, oh, uh, like I could introduce you. I'm like, and who are you exactly to introduce me to Wade Allen? And he's like, uh, he's on my board. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, please. And I think like a couple of days later, immediately he sent an email and he's like, uh, hey, wait, I, you've talked to this crazy guy, but I think you should also have another conversation. And I think that's where the whole thing just really got ignited and, and started. So wow. we're finally there. Uh, tell us why. why. You know, we've obviously we've been talking. You've done some incredible work in your tenure uh, everywhere outside of Brinker, in Brinker, and I'm sure in the future coming down the pipeline. But tell us why you decided to, to join, why, why, where do you see this going? Why did you, why are you here? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a crazy introduction for sure. I, when Zach said, did you reach out to Hamid? I said, the crazy guy at the hair? Like, yeah. I'm, not, 
I'm not talking to that guy. Like, I think he's a little nutty. And he's like, just take a minute and look at what he has. And, and I think what Zach knows about me is I, I came out of the old school direct marketing realm, right? And so gathering behavioral data was everything for direct marketing. That's how you actually built the retention models in order to drive people back to your business. And so you had the really sexy, glamorous acquisition. And then you had kind of the fanny pack of marketing, which was the, the retention guys. And, and I think what, what I found in my career is acquisition is renting space, right? You turn the money off at some point, it's, it's gone, right? You're just renting. But retention was building a home and a place for guests' information to be housed, to be continually mined over time. And so I ha I've always had that in my head. That, that was what I did. That's where I came from. That's what I grew up through, doing a ton of work with Kroger growing up, uh, you know, in my career, and then kind of moving through the ad agencies and then coming to Brinker. So when we got introduced, clearly that's embedded in my brain somewhere, kind of the reptilian side of my head, right? So when we're ta you're talking to me, I think we, we first started talking about a point of sale system. And I started to glaze over and I'm thinking cost center, expense, I got to rip out mine. What are we talking about? And it was about a third of the way through that conversation that you linked it to this ability to identify guests through the POS system. And all of a sudden, the lights went on, right? Because the fundamental problem in the industry today for restaurants is everybody wants to provide a great experience, but they don't know how to do that across multiple restaurants, if they can't clone themselves 50 times, if their team members don't act the exact same way, if you don't know every customer's name, phone number, meal they love, time they like to come in, the, the chair they wanna sit in, right? And it's an impossibility when you look at it from a restaurant's perspective, unless you tie it to guest data that can be stored appropriately and then delivered back to your guest or your team members to have a relevant conversation. And Kendall talked about it. Everybody likes to go where everybody knows your name, right? It's the, it's the Cheers uh, uh, sitcom mm -hmm. of today. No one wants to walk into an organization, into a restaurant where you're cast into the corner in a crappy table next to the to bathrooms. You're never gonna come back, that experience is ruined. But if you know me, if you know that I have a little a son who's autistic and that I need an area that's special or that I need a certain meal because my, my wife is celiac, right? Has celiac disease and you can get that right, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I'll come back forever, Absolutely. right? And so what you told me that day was like, well, this is, this is maybe too good to be true. I don't believe it, right? I gotta, I gotta take a double take. So over the course of the next couple of months as we met and we kept discussing and I kept scratching and kept digging and kept rubbing at different parts of that system, I came to the realization that that philosophy was actually a reality in Milagro. And that's when I said, okay, I'm in, I'm in. What, that's it, you've got it. How do I help you refine it? And then how do we collectively take it to the industry to help these restaurateurs who don't have 40 million or $50 million to build these systems, right? And that, that's where I, you know, I think after that point, I was all in, right? Okay, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's ultimately, it has to be focused around the guests, you know? And funny story here too, we we didn't go out and build a POS. We we didn't do all these technology and then try to figure out how to plug the customer in. We decided we're going to start with the customer. You know, took our own personal experiences, and then from there we kind of worked backwards. So we decided, all right, in order to get this information, what tools do we need? And then we put the tools around that. And back to your point, Mo, put that customer in the center of the plate, and then work everything else around that. 
So. Yeah, I mean, that's, and because of that, all of a sudden, it's not, again, I've said this, it's not about the transaction. It's not just about the retail channel. It's about your online channels. It's about your third-party channels. It's about your B2B channels. You know, every restaurant has the opportunity to sell and take advantage of all these channels. The ones that are smart with the right tools are doing it, but it's very hard to do. And I think having a centralized platform that makes it easy to engage at multiple levels at the sales channels, as well as understanding those guest behaviors, it's, it's, it's truly a game changer. Um, and I think from a, it's, it's interesting to listen to Wade and how he come to it is that there's, there's a lot of talent, obviously within the restaurant industry that knows that's what they want. They just haven't been empowered. They haven't been introduced with the right tool and technology to make that happen and make it easier. And, and look at it though, you're right, because people have tried to find their own workarounds right. with what's in their means. So what's right. the first trick you start to do? You start to read people's names off a credit card. Yes. Something oh, yeah. very small, but that's all you had access to. Right. But the moment you started doing that, it started creating that difference. Right. Right. But then you run out of options. What else can you do without a technology platform driving some of that? Right. So let's, you know, kind of picking back off of the, the name thing that you mentioned. I think Starbucks, I read an article on that, that they they focus on that name 100% because it makes a huge impact. Everyone loves hearing their name. And that's why they ask for your name. And that's why they put it in a cup and then they read it out loud, etc. But yeah, even something as small as that is still not being cascaded through the entire life cycle of that customer when they walk in, right? And there, there needs to be a huge shift on that side and, and to do that. And what we're, so share the story that we were just talking about regarding the opportunity and the ability for the restaurateur to get access to this stuff and actually implement it and, and yeah. get it in. Because getting, buying technology for the sake of technology is just useless. Yeah, it's, it, so actually I'll, I'll bridge that with something that Mo said last night when we were talking about a few things. He, um, he talked, the, the world in restaurants is still so focused on the transactions right? They're not focused on customer-centric metrics. They are in the restaurant. They're, they're, when you're in the restaurant and the operations team is thinking about the guest, but when you're looking at the numbers, everything's about transactions. But those are anonymized transactions, right? You, they, at the end of the day, it's people. Nobody gets in this business and goes, I wonder how many transactions we can capture and how right. many transactions we can run. You're thinking about, I want to provide a phenomenal guest experience because I know they'll come back. And I think when you talk to operators, um, as I've sat down and talked to general managers, uh, you know, I, the, the regional managers, when you've talked to restaurant owners, when you've talked to franchise owners, no one says, I just want to be an IT shop. They say, I want to provide an, op an amazing guest experience so guests come back. But I don't, they don't necessarily know how to do that. And so they rely on the technology companies that are in the space today to steer them. And the reality is the technology companies in the space today are selling what they feel is the niche they want to provide. You talked about it earlier. There's 15 different companies you gotta to string together. Oh, and by the way, you have to do the integrations between them to get the system to work appropriately to be able to do what you ultimately wanna do, which is just provide a really relevant, personalized experience to the guest. So there is a new way to think about this as opposed to sew 50 of these together and sell whatever anybody that shows up in your office is selling you for the day Rather than think about it from a tech stack, think about it from a benefit. I ultimately want to be able to be to know every single person's preferences, their name, 
what motivates them to come to my restaurant? Because if I can do that and empower my wait staff to have that information, it's game over. It doesn't matter who else is in the, in the space. doesn't matter if I'm next to the biggest restaurant company in the world. We'll win every time. Agreed, 100%. And that's where I think some of the operators don't know how to get to. So what, you, what we've got to help operators know is it's not a hard problem to solve. You need to be able to put the customer at the center, and that's the data, and every transaction that you capture needs to capture some or have the ability to capture customer data because that all will come back to a centralized repository where I will know Kendall or I will know Mo and I'll know the things that really motivate him or her to come back to the restaurant. And then through outbound communication, through empowering my wait staff, we can change the industry, truly provide that hotel experience. Yep. Mo just walked in the door. That guy's worth a lot of money. He loves uh, down pillows. Let's figure it out, guys, yeah. because he's going to stay at this property five more times, and, and it's going to be really, really good money for us if we do Absolutely. it, right? Right. Yeah. I think the byproduct of that success will always be financial gains, right? But focusing on that elevation of that customer experience is going to be the the key metric and and to your point you know buying all these technology stuff and having somebody at the corporate office sit there and be like wow look at this it's cool okay great is it can we monetize it can we can we elevate the customer experience with using that information well no not really or or yeah we could in this level but they don't put that technology they don't put that tech stack in the hands of the frontline worker, the server who's standing there taking the order, right? That server can't even know what the customer's name is before they even get up to the table. But imagine having a handheld, the customer made a reservation, joined the wait list, seats from the wait list to the POS, they tap on the table and they see the customer information. Now they know whether you have an allergy, whether you know your preference on seating, your you have kids, etc., and they can come to the table with a whole different uh, changed attitude, a different perspective to that individual customer, which again ultimately creates that status, right? Yeah. Creates that experience. And you're right; it doesn't matter if you are next to the most successful restaurant brand even next door to you, you'll always win because you're creating an experience that they can't. I think we're, what, what's happening right now, all the talk around data, 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 data is a, is a technical reference uh, to information. Data does not equal money. Correct. Okay? The information that's captured used thoughtfully to provide an amazing experience that's relevant to that guest, which then that guest was wanting to spend more money with you, only through that chain of events, that's gonna create, uh, you know, that's gonna be the monetization. So I think you have to think about it. And we all, we do this in our, I'm, I'm willing to give personal information or relevant information to the brands I love interacting with because I know they're gonna use that data, they're gonna use that information thoughtfully to provide a relevant experience to me and my friends and my family. That is important to me, and I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. But I think, uh, like we, we, we just did it, we use data monetization. It's not, data monetization is I collect information into data and I sell that data. That's not what we, that's not, correct. That's yeah. not what we're no, doing. Not the way, yeah. We're collecting information so that we can serve you better through our experiences correct. so that you can come and have more experiences with us. That's right. In doing that, you're obviously spending more money with us, which is translating to that you know, uh, increase in sales and, you know, all the benefits of running a business in that regard. So I think we need to, at an industry level, we need to change our nomenclature 
and be very thoughtful in terms of our terminology and what we're using because the, the technical nature of the experiences are only there to provide a hospitable experience to our guests. And what, what are we doing and how are we doing that to measure that and improve that experience? It's all a cost until you can actually turn that intelligence into a great experience that generates a profit. Right. 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 And, I, and I think you gotta stop thinking of it like, well, this is just the cost to run a restaurant. It's not how it works, right? If you have expenses that are embedded into technology or capturing data or how, holding something in the cloud or some server in your restaurant or the POS system, whatever it is, ultimately those should be leading back to right. creating a better guest experience that drives profitability. Right. Otherwise, why in the world do you even have them in your restaurant, right? It's not a, it's not a requirement to have those. You can start taking tickets off, off of, you know, we've all been at a diner in a small town where they've just taken the, the, the ticket on the, on the, or the, the order on the ticket, right, that you've written down. So only have those systems if they're helping you. And I think so, 99.9% .9 of the restaurants out there have not figured out how to turn their costs into profits by monetizing, and I say the word monetizing, to create a better guest experience. But that, that's what it is, right? It's, it, and it's, people try to find loyalty because they're trying to say, well, maybe loyalty is the answer. But loyalty in and of itself is a diminishing return if you're not careful with it because it becomes point systems and discounts and promotions and all of a sudden you've eroded any profit you have, right? To hopefully get to a group of people that you think are your most loyal guests, actually they're the, the most loyal discounted. Yeah. Right, correct, yeah. Right. yeah. I call them the bargain hunters, yeah. Hi, the people who yeah. love your brand, you can't even identify. Correct. They show up four times a month and sit in the back corner and just love your food and sure. man, that's the person you need to be contacting. Right, right. correct. Right. If they're willing to spend full price, they should get treatment. Yeah, those are yeah. The fact that you give them a you know benefit or discount or whatever in some way, that's I think that's a side thing. I agree. Yeah. Again, it, I think ultimately it comes back to that experience, right? And loyalty. Again, we need to kind of dig into that a little bit more. It, it should not always be discounts. There's a place and time for that incentive whatever it is the coupon the discount the buy one get one free etc but that's majority of people are looking again every time you go into a restaurant you're going there yeah sometimes you're just going in to get food but most of it is your special occasions graduations birthdays celebrations all these things and it's about the experience it's how you're treated and ultimately i think we're all saying the same thing is how do you how do you turn that customer information to be able to serve them better so that they come back in more often? Yeah. Solve that retention problem so you don't lose 70% of your customers every single time just simply because you don't, know how, you don't know their preferences, you don't know who they are, you don't know how often they visit, you, don't have, you have no information and you're just kind of rolling the dice and you're constantly spending on that acquisition engine until you decide, all right, I, I'm out of money. I can't do that. And then you shut it down and guess what? The entire operation just goes dead. And that was the first episode of our Cowboy series. Stay tuned for the next one. We hope that you found the information to be valuable.